Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of People's Stories. I'm your host Priyanka Ota. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you have fun listening to the session as well as probably get to know something more about this particular profession. So, yet again, thank you so much for joining. Stay tuned and have fun. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So today we have Elishava Marcus in the studio with us. Elishava, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. Of course, I'm excited to have you as well. And for our listeners, Elishava is working as VP Communications at Early Bird Venture Capital here in Berlin. And I got to know that she has moved across multiple countries, multiple cities, and has like a very vast experience in communications in general. So I would love to understand, you know, like your journey, how where you coming from, you know, how did you grow over years and, you know, what you bring along with you. But before we dive deep into your professional journey, could you please introduce yourself a little? And one more thing, I'm not sure if I'm saying your name correctly. So if if it's incorrect, please feel free to correct it. Sure, thanks. Yeah, so my name is tricky to pronounce. It's Ellie Shava and I go by Ellie as well. So it's very easy. I respond to everything and yeah, I'm really a communicator at heart and my career has spanned a lot of different kinds and ways of communicating. Um yeah, so I have a master's in science in biomedical communication and that morphed into the this is the short version and to the startup tech world and then led me to now be VP communications at Early Bird Venture Capital in Berlin. So I'm happy to dive into the that path with you today. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Sorry for mispronouncing your name, but can I call no, you? No, you didn't. You didn't. I just thought I would like explain that it's a tricky one. You actually did great. It's it's super. Thank you. Throw some light on, you know how you were as a kid. Sure. Well, it's funny because I so I'm by nature very creative and I've always been interested in art and science and the first thing that comes to mind when you say that is like I remember making mud pies like literally taking pans from the kitchen. I lived in Berkeley, California at this time and so we were outdoors a lot and I would like, you know, straight up mix mud and water in these pans and I was so <laughs> grateful that my mom was not upset about this cuz I just, looking back now as a parent I'm like wow okay so when when you say that you were creative like how do you how do you measure that like how do you see yourself oh, as being creative i mean i oh, this could get so embarrassing i would like teach classes to my stuffed animals like that's how i was very much like i wanted to share what i knew and i wanted to draw and craft things so i was just like i was producing content <laughs> at a young age so i was yeah i could actually look back and track that so yeah i've been an illustrator kind of all my life and i was drawing for other kids in school they they like they would like wait in line and i would draw them bunk beds with them in it and like worlds that they wanted to see so i actually and then i yeah that directly connects to actually my professional life later so that's funny so so how did you evolve like over time where did you do your schooling from your education and how did you move to Berlin like what's the story there okay well that's a that's a big one but I'll try to tackle it in a short way so let's see well I shared with you that I've moved like over 20 times so I've uh, you know country hopped a lot with, via my family to begin with and then took that upon myself to keep doing that and yeah so i shortcut here raised in 
Berkeley, California, but I'm bi-coastal American. So I also grew up in Washington, D.C., went on to New York City for a little while. And so, you know, I was going to school in different places, ended up briefly at Columbia, then UC Santa Cruz, then University of Argentina, back to the Bay Area. Basically, I was like a homing pigeon to the Bay Area. always found work there, always went back there. And so there I worked in a lot of different creative roles, information graphics in Bay Area of all different kinds, like newspapers, pharmaceutical graphics, medical legal. So I went to get my master's at University of Toronto. And that was because they had a very special program in biomedical communication, which is basically how do you communicate complex stories in science and medicine to future doctors and nurses. So it was just an amazing experience to be able to work in Toronto, to be around this complex of hospitals and be within the Institute of Medical Science. And we were able to draw and tell all these really cool stories. And that was building on my interest in anatomy and biology at this point. So after I finished my studies, I moved again back to the Bay Area and started working for Pearson Education, which is a major, they have a major science publishing division. And I was an art editor there for a long time and really got to work with amazing professors in microbiology and anatomy to illustrate all their ideas and concepts. And it was actually incredibly rewarding and fun. I mean, when you're saying like art editor, I mean, in, in super late layman term, does that mean that the drawings that we have in the books, in our, in our like whatever book, biology books, or yeah, these kind of exactly. books, this is something that you were doing at that time. Is, is it correct? Yeah. So I was like d- doing the layout sketches and then w- working with the art houses. Um, and th- those artists would then complete the illustrations that we were art directing right so it's all part of a package to teach uh, all these topics in an interesting way so it could be books or media product as well oh okay cool videos and animations and stuff yeah you got into art editing and you got into specific and related stuff like biology related stuff uh, so right. is this thing coming from your interest into arts and drawing right as you mentioned from your childhood or did you also like explore and you know speak to people and find out different courses and then you decided okay I want to do this like where does that come mm. from yeah, I think, it, well, it's probably a blend. Definitely, I was already interested in nature from a young age and back to the mud pies. But I do think that then, you know, I had to do quite a lot of footwork in order to get into graduate school. That means I had to take a lot of courses in microbiology and in anatomy in order to even pursue that path. And I had done a little bit of scientific illustration at the University of California, Santa Cruz, because they actually have a program, graduate student. And I didn't, I wasn't a grad student, but I took courses in the program, which was an awesome experience. So I already had an idea that, hey, this is something that people can do for work and really create a profession out of it. But then in order to get a master's, I looked at those kind of programs and I realized that there there weren't that many. There's only, I think there's under six in North America and University of Toronto's is definitely one of the best. And that's where I set my sights on going. And so, 
And I just knew that that would lead to something, right? And they knew that that was what I was most excited about doing. I had, I was working actually in a printmaking art studio. So I, I was doing, I was learning like business of how to, you know, work in a nonprofit and do all these other things. But I kept thinking, well, I'm helping all these other artists. Well, maybe I want to go pursue this path for myself and see what, what that will look like. Okay. Sounds interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, how how I'm seeing it is that it was more of a natural journey that basically came came up, and you decided to get into a, an area where which you really liked and basically yeah. explored there, right? Did you had any mentor growing up? Like, were you also seeking advice from people, or again, it was a path that just came that that just unfolded itself, you know, over time? Well, I have to give a shout out to both my parents actually because my dad studied physics and graphic design and so he already kind of was set a high standard of what it is to be a, a really good great artist and he and I would draw growing up and together and I saw just like these amazing drawings that he could do and so that definitely made a big impression on me and my mom as well she ended up although working for the World Bank for quite a long time before that she was also doing information graphics and so i think i had seen that right and i had seen how they translate information in a in a visual way so that that definitely helped and then once i was in the setting of of university of toronto of course there's tons of professors and sort of mentors right there who are able to to guide you and thinking about what you're doing at that point in your life. All right. Yeah, sounds good. So, I mean, there are many things that I want to talk to you about right now, but let's pick up like one one, one topic at a time. So when you say that you moved from 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 the US to Berlin to Germany, there, there is a big difference in terms of culture and language. I'm not sure if you had if you knew other people in Germany as well, apart from your husband or or you or you were like very, very new to this place. So how was that transition like? You know, did, were, were, was it challenging for you or was it like smooth and easy? Well, actually, it went fairly OK, maybe back to my roots as a social butterfly. Like it turned out OK. Like I found meetup groups for new moms and international groups so I pretty I sort of hit the ground running I'm not saying it was like super easy but I did make an effort I realized that I would need to make an effort and so I did that and that was both for me and my daughter important also we did have some friends who I had met before you know I had visited Berlin before like I knew sort of what I was getting into and um and after that I mean, I would say, actually, we can just jump forward to say that I really tried to put energy into my network once I got here. And I'm so glad I did that. So soon after I uh, started working here, I really started going to meetups of different startups and health organizations. And I would go to a, meet a meetup a week at, at least or a conference or something. Yeah. And I would start writing notes about what I was learning and just introducing myself, getting to know people. And then I was writing on Medium at that soon after and writing articles and saying, you know, here's a roundup of what I'm seeing, or here are some trends that are interesting, or look at let's look at this founder's journey. So that actually I kind of like caught that bug quickly and was like, oh, this is really interesting and fun. And it was a great way to connect with people in a new place. And 
I actually totally recommend that to people like just step out of your shell and go learn and then share those learnings. And it really has a big network effect. Absolutely. I mean, this is something that I also would definitely recommend is that you have to, you know, you have to present yourself to the outside world if you're moving to a new place, because that's what's going to help you actually, because introspecting in a new place would not really help. And you have to, you know, (laughs) improve your or let's say increase your networking skills if you move to a new place. I think that really helps. Yeah. And and I see that you speak a lot. Sorry, please go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say being introspective is also still good. Like it's still valuable, but I think it's a, it's just a fine, you know, it's a mix. As you said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, or maybe I also remember it like very clearly because it has been like three and a half, four years since I've moved to Germany. But for me, it was a very, very big difference. And what I can, like, if I could advise my younger self that what should I have done to, you know, integrate better, I would have said, you know, go out more, meet more people, do more meetups. That would have helped me integrate sooner as compared to what happened right now. So, well, then we we can't forget the pandemic, though. Like, we cannot forget that. Of course. (laughs) Definitely, you know, that did a number on going to meetups. So, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So Ellie, I see a, I see that you talk, speak a lot about personal branding. And I think this is also kind of connected to what you were talking earlier about, you know, expressing yourself and writing about what, are you, what you're seeing in, in your own opinions. Like, do you want to talk a little about what personal branding means for you and how is it connected to what you are doing right now? Yeah, that's a great question, of course. Yeah, I kind of mixed feelings about even the word personal branding, something that a friend Caroline Harth also wrote about quite an interesting article that maybe we can link to in notes. Yeah, I mean, I, I truly think it does come back to authentic storytelling, no matter what you are doing and where you're doing that, whether that's a personal blog or whether that's sharing things on social media space or whether you're working in a in a firm and you are telling stories or a startup and you know telling these stories like. I think they're sort of like everyone should hold themselves to a high standard of, of storytelling. That's, I guess, what I think. And and I also think that there's, you know, there's a lot of content out there. There's a lot of newsletters. There's just a lot of content. So I guess I like to challenge myself to write well and share something meaningful and also highlight other people, too. Like, this is the thing about personal branding is it's not just about your own person, it is really can be about other people as well. I mean, just look at what you're doing here with people's stories as a podcast, right? You're actually shining light on other people, which I think is very cool and resonates well for me as well. So yes, but I do think it, you know, it's up to each of us to craft our own stories and share those in an interesting way. And then, you know, it brings you into connection with other people and learning from others around you mm, mm, yeah yeah okay so uh, talk a little about what you are doing right now and you know h- how did you reach there like what what's your professional journey like yeah so as I was telling you I was writing a lot on medium and that was very helpful because if anyone wanted to s- happened upon my articles they could see that I was telling stories about founders and their challenges and how they overcame them, what cool products and services they were delivering or developing. And so that 
led me to work in an accelerator and then a company builder and ultimately find my path into VC communications. So that had a very concrete like outcome of doing something I was passionate about and then having a, finding my way to a role that, that fit me quite well and fit my skills, but also gave me room to grow. So I'm actually really grateful for that. And yeah, so that's that's actually the like direct path there. And so now at Early Bird, so we are a venture capital firm, pan-European. So we have a family of funds investing all across Europe, mostly early stage, but also for the life cycle of a company. And it's really exciting place to be because there are so many stories coming from all these different founders and what they're developing and building. And that to me is a sweet spot that I like to be at. Yeah. So great team, really big team. And or yeah, it's pretty exciting. As a VP communication, like how would your typical work day look like? What how do you start it and does it end or <laughs> or does it does it end? It end? No, <laughs> just, do you ever turn it off? No, you don't. Yeah. That's the fun part about PR and comms is they can be 24-7. So I have to kind of work to establish sense of balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're asking about the typical day. There is no exact typical day. Mm -hmm. uh, there are, you know, how do I explain this? Let's see. I mean, my life is kind of ruled by what I was an editorial calendar. So it's like a map of all the things, you know, first there's strategy of what you're you want to go out with and then there's also like reality coming at you and you have to kind of navigate these two things of of proaction and reaction i think that's how i'm looking at this abstractly but so you know tactically or you know on the detail level there's a lot of portfolio company support that's happening especially as they're entering the early bird portfolio making investments and then supporting them as they're making their announcements and doing journalistic outreach and then support to the investment team members as well. They are writing a lot and I love editing and supporting that. And we have quite a lot of events and um, ecosystem building happening as well. So, and then there's internal communications as well. So there's, so it's both external and internal and just a lot of, a, a lot of what I do is journalist facing, which I love and appreciate a chance to, research their beats and find out what they're interested in and see how the portfolio companies or we might fit into that or also just uh, trends in general in Europe. So it, it's quite exciting. And there's just there's just like a cornucopia of work. There's always something to do, which is really... Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, but it's great to have teammates. And so, you know, it's like we can be more efficient together and just like crank yeah. things out and also take time to chart yeah. a bit the navigation of it all yeah absolutely so the way i look at communication it's like very iterative it's not like whatever you write the force is, is going to go out it's like there are many many additions and many many comments from many many people so you have to be like from my perspective the skill that kind of outstands is your persistence in what the messaging should be around and then sometimes like because i have a very i have a very small experience with communication as such but from what I understand is that what your first draft is and what the final outcome is, they do not look similar at all. The messaging remains the same, 
but the content changes a lot. Do do you also have a similar experience and how do you deal with that kind of, you know, constant change that that happens in mm. Yeah, that's an excellent question. Uh, one thing I would just like to put in the plug for right now before we go any further is a is a new book by Lydia Prexel called Communications Guide for Startups and we can link to it. Honestly, it's it's fantastic. So I'm currently a disclaimer, yes, I have a tiny little bit in it, whatever. It's really that I'm learning so much from the 69 other contributors and seeing how nuanced the world of comms can be depending on what kind of organization you're in, but yet they sort of like can be common threads and trends across these different roles. So I just highly recommend that. In general, though, to what to your point, I completely agree. Editing is you know, edit without mercy is something that I saw someone had on their like Twitter byline. And I totally agree with it because you really have to separate writing from editing. Writing is when you spew all the ideas and thoughts out and editing is you just put on another hat and then you just critique the heck out of it and say, okay, no, that's not good enough. It has to be better. It has, you know, you have to cut so much. And I think that process is super valuable and critical and so it takes kind of not being person to not taking it personally and just realizing that you your end result needs to to shine and communicate well so so uh, i also heard what you said about well the the core message is there that's true yeah i can see your point that like you should have sort of core messages that are your center of truth. And I think that that is actually that in and of itself is quite hard too. Um, mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, I guess but those are thing, just my, my thoughts. Mm -hmm. But you spoke about, for example, not taking it personally. And yeah, like, let's talk about the time when you began with writing, you know, did mm -hmm. you feel like how, I'm sure you would have re received criticism there, but like, how did you do? You, do you see yourself evolve over time on this particular aspect, or do you like this was something that came very naturally to you, and you were able to separate, you know, professional from personal? Mm. I think that I've benefited from feedback. Sometimes that's been hard to take, but it's always been for the best. And so, I think I, I've evolved as a writer. I think I'm much better now than I was before. So therefore, like, I can admit that, okay, I had room to grow, right? And so I think we all do, and that's how we improve. So, uh, and I think, yeah, that can come from all kinds of aspects of one's work and not just writing. So there's always, like, room for improvement. I think that's such an important aspect of work is how how we get feedback and then what we do with it and and that there should be room for growth there as well but yeah i think writing in general i mean you can also read how to write well it's just to plug another book i'm also reading some, a book called everybody writes by the author's last name is handley and it's it's really excellent and it has a lot of tips in it that i actually now want to turn around and share with all my teammates because I'm thinking like these are just very practical things that we all can use like there are there is a certain like toolbox that is out there of different you know in different ways and we can all use that so mm. yeah sounds interesting looks like you read a lot and you know consume a lot of content on how well, I want to read more <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I find all the time for it but as so yeah 
but they, so good. You know, I just think it is true that the more you read, the better you are as a writer too. Yeah, absolutely. What, according to you, is like one of the most essential skills, let's say, of today's time, like to be able to do really well? I mean, I would definitely go back to writing because I think that's really important no matter what you're doing and even down to the granular level of writing emails it sounds maybe mundane but honestly being able to write clearly and succinctly and be brief and clear but is so important because everybody's busy and you still have to convey core information to people in a respectful way and so to be able to do that i think helps no matter any role you're in Mm. I think that that's important. Mm. All right, and and just generally, just like I don't upskilling. No matter where you are, I think there's always some more to learn. Like you should never be complacent and feel like I got this. It's because Mm. there's just more. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, always, (laughs) absolutely, always. (laughs) Yeah. Let's say if I would like to take an advice from you or let's say advises from you in terms of anybody who wants to make a career in profession in in communications what what's the advice that you would like to give i would probably advise others to connect with someone who you think is doing a really great job at communications first first you can learn a lot from what they're sharing online and mm-hmm. then you can perhaps read from them and then talk with them and see how they've tracked their career and what you can learn from that. I think that that's, I remember Arlen Hamilton saying this, so she's an investor in the States and really amazing. And she was talking about how people, man, I don't want to misquote her here, but she was saying something about how a lot of her mentorship can, you can read her books and like, Mm -hmm soak up her knowledge that way before mm. you necessarily ask for time from her. I really hope I'm not totally butchering this, but but I think she's totally <laughs> spot on with that because that's true. Like you can the internet is amazing for this. Like you can really learn a lot from peers and from people who you respect by reading what they're sharing and educating yourself and then coming and then also being maybe even being helpful to them and then build a sort of mutual connection in that way but definitely i think getting closer to the ecosystem that you aspire to be in is very helpful yeah so that's definitely mm. part would of you it. would you recommend any specific courses that you found really interesting or helpful for you spe- specifically well, then I can put in a plug for two things. One would be Junto. So that's a company that actually Early Bird invested in, and they have a very cool way of courses of teaching people about all kinds of different, uh, teaching people all kinds of new things. And you can, I just went to an event that they put on about personal brand. Actually, it was quite interesting, but you can join their community and be part of it and, and learn from really successful entrepreneurs about what they've done well and so it's it's an, it seems to me like a great way to osmosisize learning from other people and i like how they're packaging that and doing that another one not an earlier company but bunch ai it's a great leadership app and you can 
take daily lessons and leadership. And so I think there are different Mm -hmm. tools and ways and communities that you can join to help Mm-hmm. in whatever and, aspect you want to learn yeah and would you like in your experience have you seen that if somebody is kind of let's say doing a graduation sort of masters from this particular college or this particular institution they generally tend to be more polished as compared to let's say another institution like would you say that the oh, alma mater I'm not, matters i'm definitely not an elitist type of person whatsoever so i wouldn't judge someone in that way, I would more just want to see what they're writing about, what they're doing, and and that kind of thing. So I'm more definitely more take that kind of approach. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I mean, it seems like quality of the content that you're creating is like much more important and creates a far bigger impression than you know what your background is or where you're coming from or your alpha matter and those kind of things, which I think is a pretty good thing to have in this particular industry. And on a different note, I actually also want to add like one more layer to our conversation, which is amalgamation of your professional and personal life. And you said that you're a mom to a kid and you're also working as VP communication at a venture capital firm, which is like demanding. So how do both of these things go together? Yeah, great, great question. Definitely. It sounds maybe trite, but I do believe it takes like a small village of sorts. So I'm really grateful to my husband for being so awesome and and able to be flexible with his time so that he is very much an active parent, which allows me to also stay at work late and go to events and that kind of thing. And then also we have grandparents here for our daughter. So that's also been a real lifesaver and I don't quite know how people do it without that because that's been really essential to uh, giving me the space to, I would say, thrive at work, right? Because I'm very passionate about what I do and I need time to do that and energy for that. But at the same time, I want to be a really great mom and share my knowledge and interests and love for my kids. So, so it's kind of, working out (laughs) so I mean it sounds really nice and it sounds like you have found your happy place and you know like the balance that you were talking about earlier thank you so much for sharing your you know personal experience and everything about this particular profession it was wonderful talking to you yeah no I mean thank you for you know taking the time to talk to me about all this it's funny to look back on one's professional life and and sort of connect the dots and I think that's quite interesting hey guys thank you so much for tuning in this particular episode if you wish to follow me on LinkedIn I go with the name Priyanka Ota feel free to connect with me to write down any questions that you might have and I would be more than happy to answer your questions or probably connect you to any of the guests that we've spoken to up until now we also have a People's Stories page on LinkedIn, which you can follow to remain up to date with the content that's going to come up next, to connect to the people we've interviewed, and to generally participate in the upcoming surveys or LinkedIn Lives that we'll be doing. For getting in touch with Elisha Marcus, you can follow her on LinkedIn as well. Feel free to connect to her. All the content that she has mentioned during the podcast, we will be linking it in the description below. So feel free to follow that and I wish you all a very, very nice day ahead and happy learning.